0: Good morning. How's everybody doing? Good morning. Welcome to you. We're glad to have you at the ten o'clock class and we're continuing in our uh boomers, boomerang I, I was about to say boomership. Uh, our membership boomership. <laughs> That's a new one. That's a new boom name. That's awesome. <laughs> our boomership one oh one. So <Wow. laughs> membership class is a part of our membership, uh what's required, but it's more a it's a uh ability gives you the ability to get to know Boomerang and what we're all about and what we're doing, where we're going, all that kind of stuff. So we want to jump right in today, and uh, let's let's jump into it. This is part three uh, called Strategy. And in this class, most of you have heard this before, but I want to mention it again. The reason that we give this class is simply because We have a destination that we're heading towards, that boomerang has, God's given us a vision, we're heading towards a destination, but everybody has different destinations, even sometimes they're the same destinations, but different paths, and so our job is to follow the path that God's given us so that we can get to where we're going at the right time in the right way. And so the whole point of this class is to, one, show you where we're going, two, show you how we're going to get there. And uh, we use that airport example where, where, you know, if you went to the airport and you wanted to fly from Charlotte uh, to New York, you don't just go to Charlotte Douglas Airport and go to any gate and jump on any plane, because your odds of getting to New York without reading the signs and seeing how they're going to get there is not very good. So it's also maybe they're gonna fly and have four or five stops to get to that place that you don't want to. You want to go straight there. You want to stay right on the path that God has. So this class is designed to lay that out. So this is called strategy. And let's go to the first slide and it says, Who are we trying to reach? And uh first Corinthians nine twenty two, it says it in, in many different ways. I like this in the living Bible. It says, yes. Whatever a person is like, I try to find common ground with him so he will let me tell him about Christ and let Christ save him. Uh, Another version says, I become all things to all people that I might share Christ with them. And so what we're looking to do at Boomerang is we're not trying to please everybody. We're not trying to uh, uh, compromise at all. We do not compromise the word, period. The word is the word, it is what it is, and if we don't like a piece of it, that's probably on us, not on God. It's, it's right, because it's God. So we're not trying to compromise that, but we are trying to be good fishermen, kind of like a fisherman uses, he casts a wide net, or he uses a bait that the fish uh, will want to chomp on, okay? So what we're looking to do is we're looking to not be a part of this world, we're in the world, But we're not of it. We're not trying to pick up on its systems and its ways. We are here to govern and bring the rule of heaven into this world. That's a totally different thing. And when we do that, here's what happens. We want to come in and we want to find ways. How can I connect with different people? How can I connect with different people in this world? And guess what? They got all kinds of different worldviews, right? One of the things that Paul did, who wrote this at one point, was he went into an area and he was reading their literature and reading about their gods. And he found in their literature that they knew that there was a god, but they didn't know his name. And he said, this god is the god I'm telling you about. The only issue is he's god over everything else. He is. There are no other gods above him. And so as he went into it, he he found a way to connect with that people. He didn't compromise the message, just like Jesus didn't compromise when he came to the earth. But he found common ground. Jesus came into the earth as well, and he found common ground with mankind so that he could share uh, the gospel and the good news of the heart of the Father with mankind. So this is what we're doing. This is part of our strategy here at Boomerang. Now, in the next slide, I want you to see this because this is something that we ask of all attenders, whether they're members or not. You are a snapshot of God. And you may be the only snapshot that somebody ever sees. Now, what does that mean? That means I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what's happening we got to do this. So we ask everybody that ever comes to Boomerang, this is what we want to ask of you. You need to remember love at all times because you never know when somebody is getting a picture of God through you. You never know how it's affecting. You never know how, if we're not in love, it can affect the service which affects the snapshot. Remember love at all times. So we ask attenders to do that all the time. Remember the love of God. No matter where you are, what you're doing, or what you're going through, you may be the only snapshot of God they ever see. uh, One of the things that you'll see is that force at Boomerang is not practice. In other words, we're not trying to force people ever into something. Now, are we trying to influence them? Yes, of course, we want to influence them in the things and the ways of God. But are we trying to shove it down their throat? No, we're just trying to say, hey here's a way to look at it, this is right, this is wrong, this is the way to look at it according to the Lord and point them in that direction. Then it's their job to look at that and say, yes, that is God. But force is never practiced. One of the greatest examples of that is with our offering. In our offering, we we never really, you know, I, I won't say that we won't do it because sometimes we probably will. But most of the time, we never pass a plate. And the reason we don't pass a plate is not because that's, that's wrong, it's not necessarily wrong, but some people take that as a force. Oh, somebody's going to see if I put in something, if I put in a lot or I put in a little. I've only got chains today and, and change to give to God and so it, it, it might make them feel bad and force them to give more, right? We don't want them to give more because under force the word says to not give under compulsion in other words we don't want to compel people to give by force we want them out of the love of their heart to give and so we adopt this principle in everything that we do we're not trying to force anybody into anything we're trying to get them to the place where they start doing the right things and the things that god wants them to do out of the love of their heart because they're remembering god's love at all times in their decisions when they're here, in their decisions when they're at home, in their family, in their decisions everywhere, in anything that they do. So force is not practice. Our design is oriented in practical application. In other words, one of the things that we're doing and part of our strategy is not to really teach you theory. We want to teach you practical application. We want to teach you the reality of God's love and the reality of his design and desire to reach into our lives and be very real. Well, those things become very real as we head into a proper godly relationship as we establish a godly family, and even in our families at home, we have a godly family. In education, we need to grow up in God. In service, we need to serve. And in sharing, we need to share our faith. And so our strategy, this is a statement that we, that we have. We believe that building balanced, godly commitments to relationship, family, education, Service and sharing will promote healthy, joyful, and full lives. So what that means is this, is as we go forward in each individual family and life, what we're looking to get inside of that family is godly relationship. We want to teach them to have a godly relationship with, and fellowship with God. We also want to teach them how to have a godly relationship and fellowship with each other. So we're talking about an individual basis that as we do it and grow up as individuals, the whole body starts to put these things together, and it promotes health in this body. The next area is family. We want to help each person to have godly family values. Okay? The next thing is godly education. We, we don't just want to teach people facts. Uh, we want to teach them the truth okay we don't want to just teach them you know we could come in here and every sunday we could teach them you know about all kinds of different things that the world has to offer and and this is a fact we could teach them physics you know we could teach whatever we're not looking to teach just facts we're teaching we're looking to teach godly truths and as we grow in that education it promotes a healthy lifestyle and a healthy full life a godly service and Godly sharing, like outreach, evangelism. We want to share our faith. This is a part of being healthy and well-balanced. You'll see these things uh, in Mark 12, verse 30 through 31. It says that one of the great commandments is, you must love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love others as much as you love yourself, or love others as yourself. So you'll notice here in these uh, slides, that those yellow words are important. And you'll see that the balance that we're looking for to promote a healthy body of Christ comes straight out of the Word. In the next slide is uh, Matthew 28, 19, and 20. And it says the Great Commission. Go, go. All right, you notice that word's in yellow. Go. You've got to do something. You've got to be about it. You, you don't just sit. It's like we've been in the Be the Light series and the, the first part of our key scripture was arise. You must go into action. You don't just sit back and these things will automatically happen to you because if it's the will of God, it'll happen. He's already told you what his will is. Get up and arise. Get up and go. Okay, so go. Do something. Go to the people of all nations and make them my disciples baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teach them. So in this, we have go make them my disciples, baptize them, and teach them. Here's here's several keys. Our next uh, verse is Ephesians 2.19. And I love this verse in the Living Bible. You are members of God's very own family. You are members of God's own family. And here, I love these, and you belong. You belong in god 's household with every other Christian, you belong, you have a place that you belong. Our job is to find that place if boomerangs it, great, if it 's not, we'll pray with you and and seek that place for you because you belong in his family, and he 's got a place for you and hebrews ten twenty five says and let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another so here again, you have family, you belong. And let us not neglect, in the, in the slide before we had go and make disciples, baptize them and teach them, the slide before that, we had love God with all your heart and love others as yourself, and if we carry on, you'll see how those five areas of balance come into play. The five healthy areas of balance are to love God with all your heart is godly relationship or worship. This is this is where we need that relationship and fellowship with God and loving him with all our heart means that we take that into every area of our life and we have our spiritual service of worship which is every decision that we make to love others as yourself. Well, this is service or ministry. If you're loving other people as yourself, you're thinking about them, you're considering them. The word says consider them over yourself. You know? Uh we we had a just a a thing last night where uh, we could have Nicole and I were making a decision on something, and very easily we could have we had the uh, legal right, I guess you could say, to to take something from somebody but the Holy Spirit put it on our heart do not do that instead give consider them higher than yourself like the word says and give and this is what we're supposed to do in every area of our life this is a part of the love of God it's exactly what Jesus did thank goodness he did that for us thank goodness he lived by the heart of God and not by what he could just take amen so this is important and when you start thinking about other people then what do you start thinking Well, what do they need? What do they have desires and wants for? And let me put that up front and let me start serving. And this is ministry. To go and make disciples, well, we we have discipleship as education, which is very important. He said make disciples, so this is an education. But in order for them to be a disciple, they have to be a Christian first too. So go and make disciples includes the area of, hey, you need to share your faith. You need to evangelize. So this is sharing and evangelism. To not neglect meeting and to baptize is family and fellowship. In other words, come together into the family and then fellowship not just with God but with one another. Enjoy the companionship of those whose hearts are pure towards God. And then to teach them everything is education and discipleship. So you can see in the word that these things are laid out for the body of Christ to do. These are laid out that we should commit to and remember we should go and do them. You know, not just sit back and let them happen to us. We should go and do them. Uh, this isn't you know church really isn't necessarily spa time. You know, I'm just saying, it's not necessarily time to go and get served. It's, the, it's a piece of you serving. It's a piece of you loving to get up and do. Now, will God bless you and, and will he make you whole and restore you in church? Absolutely. That's a part of the ministry of others to you. But if you think that that's the only part of why you're here, you're missing part of this. And so let's look at the next next slide here. Here are the four commitments that we ask people uh, to entertain and then make their own decision in love, uh, whether or not they want to do this. Number one is the membership commitment, and it is simply a commitment to Christ and the church family. In other words, make a commitment. That, That today is almost unheard of in our society and in our mindset. People make commitments. Uh, Matter of fact me and a pastor had a joke about having a membership class uh, because anytime you have a membership class the majority of people sign up and that's the last time you see them is because as soon as they make a commitment with their with their mouth and in their head then they're gone. You know and I've heard that and I was like well that is not going to be at Boomerang but you know what I've seen it in people too here, and that that's just the way that people are today in America. They feel like if they've achieved something, okay, now I achieve membership, and then there's something that switches off in the flesh. And we need to understand commitment because it is a very godly quality and trait. It's very important to your fullness of life to understand that when I make a commitment, I commit. You know, I, I make that commitment, and I basically submit myself to the vision of where God has placed me. This is an important thing, and you will not experience fullness of life and fullness of joy without commitment. So the first thing is a membership. I want to commit to Christ. You know, a lot of, you, you remember the scripture that says, you know, many will come to me and say, Lord, Lord. You know, we did this, we did this, we did this in your name, and he'll say, depart from me, I never knew you. Did they commit? They were doing things even for Christ. But the problem was, they weren't doing them at his command. They never really made him Lord. They just wanted him to be the ticket puncher for their train to heaven. But they never actually followed what he said to do. Commitment's very important, and we need to understand it, and we need to be in it. And so we want a commitment not only to Christ as your Lord, as the director of your life, but also to the place that God's told you to be. So if it's boomerang, we want you to commit. Hey, and guess what? We've talked about this before. Some days it'll look like awesome. This is the most awesome place. I love this place. And then some days it doesn't look like that. Because there's stuff going on and there's battles and things and and stuff. And and maybe somebody, you know, forgot love for a few moments. And you have to say, goodness knows, I I can forget it too, you know. And so you let go of that and you just forgive and move on. And so that's part of commitment, all right. It says in Ephesians 2.19, you've heard this, you are members of God's very own family and you belong. You belonging is not just a statement by God. It's not just one part. You belonging is you receiving that in a commitment. You belong in God's household with every other Christian. Number two commitment is the maturity commitment. The maturity commitment is a commitment to the habits necessary for spiritual growth. It's a commitment to go and become a disciple. To say, all right, I'm going to commit to grow and mature. And, and the Word shows us and tells us that we need to mature so that we can help bear the burdens of others. We need to mature to follow the example of Christ. But again, it's not one of those things that just happens. You know, Well, God wants me to mature. He'll mature me. Uh, we are in a, we're in a partnership of God, with God. We're not just, he didn't, he didn't just go out there and say, you're going to do it. And you were like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. You know, he didn't do that. He said, hey, come and give me your love. I gave you my love. You give me your love. We're in this thing together. And it's your choice to say, I'm going to go and I'm going to mature. 2 Peter 3.18, this is a command. Continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All right, then, who, who's the subject of that? You are. You continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who, then, is the action on? Has God's done his part. Now who's the action on to go after it? We. It's our job. So we need to commit to that. Number three is the ministry commitment. This is a commitment to discovering and using my God-given gifts and ability in serving God and others. This is a commitment to serve other people. In 1 Peter 4.10 it says, God has given each of you some special abilities. Be sure, be sure to use them to help each other. Be sure to use them. Again, Are you notice the common thre- theme throughout the word is, our job is to get up and do something. This is why we're here. And we've got, we need to make commitments to go and do those things. This one is we need to make sure that we get up and serve. Number four is the missions commitment. It's a commitment to share the good news with others and multiply your knowledge and gifting in Christ in others. So in other words, we don't just leave it alone. We don't just serve the people we know, you know, we don't just commit to a church and then do nothing, right? We, we don't just, let's, let's go back. Number one is the membership. Number two is the maturity. So we don't just come to a place and, and do nothing else. We don't stay at home and don't commit first. We commit to that place. Number two, when we get to that place, we actually listen and grow, right? And we mature. Number three uh, is we minister, so we sit here, we serve people, but we don't just serve the people we know. A part of going and making disciples is taking it to new people, people that we don't know. And again, we're in that same place where our job as believers is to go and do something. So there's the missions. is Again, a commitment to share the good news with others and multiply your knowledge and gifting in Christ in others. Acts 1.8 says, And you will be my witnesses for me to the ends of the earth. Now, we'll change gears here, and we're going to talk about baptism, the meaning of baptism. These are a couple of things. The baptism and the Lord's Supper is a couple of ordinances. Uh, a lot of times they're misunderstood. A lot of times they're made into something you know, huge and, and uh, complicated and dynamic that they were not designed to be. They're generally pretty simple things, but they have powerful powerful results if we'll learn what they're for and apply them correctly so let's talk about baptism first why should i be baptized number one to follow the example set by jesus in mark 1 9 it says and at that time jesus came from nazareth and was baptized by john in the river Yeah, our our job in christ is to follow the example of christ in all things He's our chief and prime example. So if we see him doing it, we should be about it as well. Well, he was Jesus, and he was using all his power. you telling me that God wants me to move in the same kind of power that Jesus did? Yep. (laughs) Sure. Star to you. Gold star for the day. Why should I be baptized? Because Christ commands it. When he said, go and make disciples and baptize them in Matthew 28. Why should I be baptized? It demonstrates that I really am a believer. Acts 18.8 says, Many of the people who heard him believed and were baptized. Now, what's the meaning of baptism? This is important right here. In 1 Peter 3.21, It illustrates the humility and my absolute need to appeal to God. This is, this, to me, This is one of the biggest points of baptism right here. It illustrates that I have an absolute need for God and I cannot do it without Him. And so it's saying, Lord, as I receive this death and new life, I've got to have you. Uh, 1 Peter 3.21 says, Corresponding to that, baptism now saves you. Not the removal of dirt from the flesh, but an appeal to God a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So it's saying, Lord, I need you to help make me fully clean. I need you to cleanse me of all this stuff and rise up a new person. Which goes into the next. What's the meaning of baptism? It illustrates Christ's death and resurrection. In 1 Corinthians 15 3 and 4 says, Christ died for our sins, he was buried. And he rose again. So again, we're following the example of Christ. What is the meaning? It also illustrates my new life as a Christian. When someone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person inside. The old life has passed away, and a new life has begun. In Second Corinthians five seventeen, now a, a lot of there's some debate in Christianity about should I be sprinkled or dumped, right? And um, we, we, we would be a dunking church, and the reason for that is uh, because Jesus seems to have been baptized that way. It says in Matthew three sixteen, as soon as Jesus was baptized, it says he went up out of the water, okay? That gives us the idea that he was up or underneath the water, and now he had to come up out of it. It looks like he was. Now, I won't say that that's 100% proof right there, but it is an example, it's a witness. And then it says it looks like every baptism in the Bible was by immersion. And then uh, it says in Acts eight thirty eight and 39, then both Philip and the man went down into the water and Philip baptized him. And then it says when they came up out of the water. You know, why be baptized by immersion? And here's, here's probably the biggest proof. The word baptize in the original language in the Greek is is the word baptizo, and it literally means to overwhelm. In other words, it means to completely cover, is what it's talking. The word means to overwhelm with water. When should I be baptized? As soon as you have believed. And if you believed and you've never been baptized, as soon as you hear this message, you should be baptized. Uh, Can my family be baptized together? Well, that's a good question, but it really depends on each individual Uh, Soul we need to talk about that and I'll be happy to talk with each person and your family and help guide you through that process I've I've talked to some people and it turned out that yes They needed to it was beautiful and they needed to be baptized together And then I've talked to other people and and their parents have talked about their children being baptized and and as I've explained it to them they've said oh man no, they don't need to be baptized yet. We need to wait. And, and so it depends. It depends on what your situation is. Basically, are they all believers and are they sure of it? Do they know that they trust in God? Do they know what that means? And we, we help walk through uh, kids through that to make sure that they're doing it right. Uh, what should you wear when you're baptized? Well, generally, uh, especially you know, we want to wear dark clothes because when you know clothes get wet, But uh, basically that day when we have a baptism, we'll give some instruction on that and just bring a change of clothes and we'll have the rest ready for you. Uh, Will you have to say anything? No, you don't have to, but you can if you want. If you want to give a testimony about what Christ has done for you, then we allow that. And then if you have any special needs with baptism, you just let us know. So these are all things we need to know. Now the meaning of the Lord's Supper. Number one, what is the Lord's Supper? Here's the first thing. On uh, 1 Corinthians 11, in verse 23, it says, The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And so here's the very first point. The Lord's Supper is a simple act. It, it's not overly complicated. They were just sitting around having dinner, and he took bread. You know, it, wasn't, it, it didn't have to be a big uh, procedure and process, and it didn't have to be uh, a big ceremony. You know, it, he took bread. He made it very simple. And so it's a simple act. And we don't have to, now, it's a very powerful act. Very, very powerful. But it doesn't have to be complicated. That's the first thing. Number one, was the Lord's Supper? It's a reminder. In the same verses, in verse 24, it says, And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is broken, which is for you. Eat it in remembrance of me. And so it's a reminder. It's simple, but it's a reminder. That's the point, is to remind us of his love and, the, and what he has done for us, what Jesus has done. Number three, it's a symbol. In the same way he took the cup, saying, this cup, in other words, this wasn't the exact thing. It was a symbol of what he had given. This cup is the new commitment in my blood. Drink it to remember me. What is the Lord's Supper? Number four, it is a statement of faith. For whenever you eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes back. You're proclaiming it for yourself. So it's a statement of faith. Who should take the Lord's Supper? Well, it's only meant to remind what Jesus has done for those that believe. Now, Anybody can look at it right then and say, well, I believe, accept Christ, and now they can they can take the Lord's Supper. But it's for believers. And this is very important because 1 Corinthians eleven twenty nine 29 says, anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment upon himself. In other words, we need to esteem it. When it says recognizing it, it's esteeming what took place when God shed, when Jesus shed his blood and let his body be given for us. It's esteeming that. So how do you prepare yourself? Well, in First Corinthians eleven, twenty seven through twenty-eight it says, Therefore whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Well, that doesn't sound good. That's not a place I want to be in. So what do we want to do? We want to make sure that we're not unworthy. And what does that mean? Well, the very next verse is the one I just read. We want to esteem what he did. We want to remember it. It says this, and and this is very important. It's not my job to tell you whether or not you're ready. Why? Because the word says the person, a person, ought to examine himself before he eats. So it's your job to examine yourself in your heart. And say, am I esteeming this properly? Am I putting proper respect and reverence on this? Have I accepted the Lord as my Savior? And they should do that before they uh, eat the bread or drink of the cup. Now, the last question is, how do I uh, how do I prepare, or how, when, and how often should we observe the Lord's Supper? Jesus never said when or how often the believers should observe the Lord's Supper. There was no. Thing. I remember one time somebody got in an argue, argument with me uh, because we didn't serve the Lord's Supper at every single service. You know, Well, that's not in the Bible. So, but they had grown up doing it that way and they thought I was being unholy by not doing it. And uh, it wasn't that. It's just that it's not laid out when to. I think it's important for us to do it on a regular basis because we should constantly be esteeming the things of God. But what you're looking at is for your heart. I know somebody else recently uh, told me that they uh, got in trouble and got kicked out of a church because they took uh, the Lord's Supper for themselves at home. Well, that's not biblical. That, that's, not, that's not, it's for any believer that wants to remember and esteem uh, you know, what Jesus has done. So there's a lot of things that man has put in there, but it's simply, remember, it's a simple act. It's a reminder, and it's a symbol for us to proclaim who we are in Christ, and remember what he has done. And at this time, Boomerang serves the Lord's Supper generally on the first Sunday of each month. And that's the end of our class. Lord, we just thank you so much for your love and your, your power to help us be who you've called us to be. Lord, thank you that you give us the ability to move into your things, and we praise you for it. Thank you for giving us Jesus. Thank you, Father, for giving us Jesus when we didn't deserve him. Thank you, Lord, for all of your blessings. And we praise you and love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Looking forward. It's going to be a good service. So let's get ready. Thank you for joining us.